And he, he was, I bet he was not all that bright. Um, no, I mean, it's not very difficult to make something that a, a bullet will travel down the barrel of. It's a lot more difficult to make something that will last after the bullet leaves the end of the barrel. I mean, most of the time, whenever people make their own weapons, a lot of times it'll be destroyed within the first several shots. Because, I mean, just the pressure and everything, yeah. the idea that you can just 3D print an entire gun is a little far-fetched. I mean, I know that there's some material out there that can be stable and solid enough to actually withstand the pressure, the heat, the friction, you know, all of that stuff, but it's not like it's not like you can just fucking tape this stuff together, you know? I mean, most of the time whenever they talk about 3D printed guns, they're talking about everything besides the barrel and um you know the chamber it seems like i'm not i'm not an expert on it whatsoever but um that one that one i don't think it would have lasted a third shot <laughs> okay so let's get let's let's get into the podcast we are getting too deep into the conversation without recording i already hit record oh you did us getting up chasing that feels like we did when we first met Just like that, there's no secret Yeah, one more drink to make me think Yeah, how's that shine tea? Okay, we're already going. <laughs> Anyways, episode two, American Owned Apparel Podcast. We are freaking here, or American Owned Podcast, whatever you want to call it. I'm ready to do this, okay? I've been drinking coffee since 7 a.m. Mm. Colby's just getting in about two and a half hours late. It's okay. We're still rolling here. Uh, yeah, first of all, I mean, we're talking about this this handmade well. I don't know when you started recording. Uh, so, I don't know what... Two minutes where ago. Where do we start? Two minutes ago. That gives oh, me dude, no point of reference. We're, we're started, man. We started at the beginning of the... Uh, toward the beginning of that conversation. Okay. So Sometimes, sometimes I, mean, I gotta surprise you. Okay, basically, to recap, guy made a handmade handmade gun to kill uh, Shinzo Abe, the prime minister, former prime minister of Japan. And uh, that was my only thing about it, is that they, they got strict gun control laws there, so how did this happen? How um, in the world? Man, it, it's... It, everyone would be assassinating everybody if they didn't have gun control laws. I think we all know that. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting being... to me because there's no... I don't think there's ever a right or wrong answer because, I mean, in to reality... What? Well, to that question of, like, gun control. I mean, because... People are going to do shit like this all the time, and there's, there are. And I'm not saying give access to like you know uh, like a free for all like because honestly like in my mind like yes there should be like some some bit of background check in some bit of like looking into like okay uh, this person wants to buy this like not denying people based on uh, stupid stuff but you get what I'm saying right. Yeah, so that's a th that's also a threshold. So I think the right answer is probably no gun control. Um, and, I mean, there's obviously caveats to that with, you know, people like to bring up the rapid fire, the machine guns. Like, those are already regulated. So if you took gun control right. away, that's still going to be illegal because it's a separate law. Um, yep. As far as... As far as the backgrounds go, I totally understand that, you know, mental health can play a part in that. Um, you get into dangerous territory whenever there's always a medication list. There's, you know, there's, it, it can go too deep where even if you're a normal person, you know, there's, there's, there's normal average people out there who have to take painkillers, you know, because of, you know, an injury. And they are on antidepressants, you know, anti-anxiety drugs like Xanax, stuff like that. But they aren't out of their mind. They're not crazy. Right. They don't want to. They don't want to do anybody any harm. Um, you know, the prevalence of the big pharma. Um, that man, that that plays a Whoa. huge role into what they're what what people are trying to control as far as like gun control. So when I say, but when I say like background checks, I'm not talking about digging deep into someone's like uh, mental history or anything like that. I'm more talking about like, say, 
someone has a violent crime that includes a gun on the record, you know, later, yeah. earlier on in their life, you know, maybe take that on a case by case situation, look and see what the situation was and then kind of go from there. But when it comes to like someone's medication, look, I, I follow a rule of thumb whenever Christina, uh, who is a nurse, my wife, I have to preface that because I'm sure people, if they watch this, they don't know that. She's a nurse and it's something that she says is that everybody is a psych patient. And she's right because we all have things that is like wrong with us mentally, for sure. Like nobody is, is what we call normal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm pretty, I'm about 100% sure I have ADHD. Uh, <laughs> never been diagnosed, never been, never tried, but the government is trying to bring in medication past past treatments you know things like that and i get like hey if you if if you have to be put in a mental hospital because of you know some crazy some crazy things like that yeah. might be something that should be added but a lot of military members i mean they'll get back from overseas and due to the things that they had to do due to the things that they you know saw stuff like that they have you know, they could get diagnosed on a low end of PTSD or, you know, TBI, where they are functioning average members of society and even exceptional exceptional members of society. But, you know, that underlying low-level uh, diagnosis could potentially, if the government pushes it too far, could potentially stop them from owning a gun. And that's the problem with, like I said, that's the problem with the gun control measures is that whenever they get try to get so specific into anything, even the 3D printed guns, like, yeah. I mean, you can 3D print a knife and you can stab and kill just as many people as you can a gun. I know that might not be a popular opinion, but I mean, you see in the UK, they have... I think the I think there was a really bad one I think maybe in 2014 where either 14 or 18 people were killed during a knife attack. It's like I did, yeah I did see that's that. That's outrageous, you know? You, you outrageous in the sense of you want to ban everything but it's still going to happen. You know, you can still make a pipe bomb even if you even if you make knives illegal. And how much well, and damage that, are you going to do with that? That also is a is a uh, careful push and pull between uh, government and citizen, you know, because when we talk about like laws and stuff, we're not talking about like what I would do or what you would do. You know, we're thinking about the people that are out there that would make stupid decisions, right? Because like, obviously, like I, I would consider us both intelligent individuals who probably wouldn't, wouldn't do stupid stuff on purpose, right? Right. Uh, but like there's certain things like you know we talk about with gun control where we're not talking about us you know uh and i'm not saying i'm not saying say like oh keep a history of like where their life has been point for point because yes that can get dangerous government surveillance i don't agree with on the first hand anyways yeah uh, they, so the careful push and pull between government and citizen it is slowly shifted from innocent until proven guilty to mm -hmm. guilt, guilty until proven innocent. And I'm not talking about whenever you get charged with a crime. I'm talking about just your normal everyday life. Mm -hmm. It seems like the more things that they keep pushing for, the, 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 the push and pull, they're assuming that even if you wake up, have your coffee, have your breakfast, kiss your good wife goodbye, get in your car, stop by the gas station, go to work, the more the more things they push for the more they're assuming that you're guilty just by living your life and that's yeah. and, and saying that as in if you it if they want to take away guns if they want to take away if they want to raise this age of smoking cigarettes to 21 they're assuming that you are technically guilty of doing something wrong until you're that age until you until you prove to us that you're you're worthy of this that's the problem it's a problem that it's a problem that they want to be so involved in people's lives like that. Um, that's why, man, small government is the way to go. You know, there's mm. you it, once once it gets so big like this, like you you even look at the White House now. Like since ever since Biden got in office, they there's always been reports coming out. You know, every everybody in his staff is fighting. You know, Kamala Harris is terrible to deal with. Her staff is quitting. Like. 
if you even minimize the 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 size of the White House staff, like man, you you would have a lot more of a kind of a tight knit you know administration. Everybody yeah. would kind of know know what was going on, um, but you don't you don't see that. Uh, you you see people like freaking the the lady on CNN whenever she was talking the other day saying, you know, why can't the gun shop owners you know say say who can who can buy a weapon you know these she said these mass shooters they're all starting to look alike and it's like whoa 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 lady isn't that profiling that's not what you, that's like that's, the, what, um, that's what everybody's old, against right the old breakfast tacos comment this week. oh my god <laughs> latinos are like breakfast tacos <laughs> jesus christ you know the so fuck this is actually, wrong with her? this brings me to another point you know with, with the government and laws and stuff um the the idea behind statute of limitations uh, something uh, that's very kind of a moral conundrum right now. So, uh, are you familiar with the the Emmett Till case? Um, you would have to remind me of the details. Okay, so this uh, Emmett Till was a fourteen. I believe he was fourteen years old at the time. He was a an African American who um, uh, supposedly, allegedly, we don't know what what the heck happened because honestly, this happened in nineteen fifty six. Mm-hmm. He whistled at a uh, Caucasian woman walking into a, a grocery store right. and a, a week later okay uh, are you getting more familiar with it yeah a week later uh, her husband and brother or brother-in-law whichever one uh, kidnapped him then mm-hmm. uh, killed him and this is what kind of fired off the whole civil rights movement was the picture of his funeral now uh, they just found in a Mississippi courthouse basement this was a couple weeks ago they found a um, uh, a warrant for her arrest, the lady, because she she was the one who uh, who allegedly. Now we know probably, I don't know what the heck happened. Honestly, I'd have to read more into it. But uh, they found a, a, a warrant for her arrest. Mm-hmm. It's highly likely, I'd probably say, in in rural South Mississippi during that time that they probably just didn't serve the warrant, or at the time they it may have been a mistake. Who knows? But what, what was it now? I don't know exactly what it was for. Let me look that up right now while I'm talking. But um, so basically, they found her warrant, and now everybody that's part of like the BLM movement and stuff, they want them to serve that warrant. That woman is like eighty something years old. Uh, she was living. The, her last known location was actually in North Carolina, and they went to the apartment that she used to live at, and started looking for her there. And then went to the retirement home, and they stormed into the retirement home, and they were looking like checking yes. rooms for this lady. <laughs> yes. And oh man, I know, couldn't imagine that situation. I, I wanted to ask your opinion on like, can they serve that warrant? Like, is there? And uh, another thing I want to add, like they did, for example, like like there was a there was a Nazi, I guess, that was living in like Minnesota or something, and they did end up deporting him back to uh, freaking. Germany or something like that for his war crimes. Even this long after that, mm-hmm. do we pursue this? You know. So it would depend on what it's for. Um, if so, if she, I, I could see them trying to pursue it, if she lied, they took out a warrant on her for lying, which led to someone's death. I could see that being an important enough issue to to do it. But I don't know as far as as far as like misdemeanor felony uh, felony statute of limitations is ten years, um, misdemeanors two years. But you know even whenever they catch these serial killers, you know thirty years down the road, they still arrest them and take them to jail. So I mean it it can be extended in certain circumstances. I don't know if that would be a circumstance that would justify that, but it would also depend on what it's for. You know I don't know if they if 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 somehow they prove that she was lying if somehow. So I, I guess what I'm reading right now is that it was for uh, the charge of kidnapping and being an accomplice oh, to that. Fuck yeah, they should serve it. I mean, if if yeah. she was an accomplice to kidnapping, I mean, what do you you see the FBI most most wanted list and even like the cold case, uh, the cold case um, shows they I mean they they fucking serve those guys up with warrants you know twenty thirty years down the road that 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 should be no different. I mean. Kidnapping is certainly a, uh, a a crime that would justify that, especially. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that that case would be more so 
justified because it was high profile, you know, I don't think that should ever matter no matter the circumstance. Everybody should be treated equally no matter what. But with right. it being kidnapping and, you know, possibly accessory to murder, fuck yeah, go 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 snatch that yeah. bitch, snatch her up. Well, and that's I mean, the hard thing though because it, when they were tried, you know, they were tried in in court her husband and brother-in-law or whatever and um they they found them innocent, which is obviously very uh it's a touchy so, subject so, because at that time, you know, I'd say that they kind of got the favor. They got the, they've got a favor, you know. So where did the warrant come from? That would be my question: is where the warrant came from if they were found innocent in trial? Because if they if they were found innocent, then the warrant would would not be valid, it, in my opinion, because you can't try somebody twice. Well, I'm, never, I'm not saying she is innocent. And that well, that's the thing is that they never they never actually served her warrant. They only served. The two warrant for her, her husband and the the brother guy. Hmm. So that yeah. and it, it there's literally check marks next to it. So like on the warrant, uh, to the sheriff of said county, greeting. We command you to take the body of J. W. Millam, Roy Bryant, and Mrs. Roy Bryant. There's check marks next to the two guys' names. Yeah. And then so that's the hard part is that they didn't actually serve her warrant. Yeah. Go snatch that bitch up. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason that it should have never been served. I mean, unless there was no. extenu extenuating circumstances in the case, but that's probably unlikely if they were all being charged at the same time and tried. I'd at the like same to look time. at if she was if she was actually tried. You know, like was she actually tried at the court? I guess that's something that that you'd have to do more digging in, into. But it sounds like that she wasn't. Man, I, I would uh, that would be an interesting one to do some digging in. Um, find out who the attorneys were, find out who the DA was, find out who the judge was, and then find out who the, the uh, uh, you know, who, who, who was everybody up the chain inside of the city, cause, or the county, or what, whatever, whatever um, jurisdiction she was, she was charged and tried in. Um, that would be a very interesting, interesting uh, thing to research. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to me because it's been so long, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, even if they put her in jail now, what she she's gonna last maybe five more years at the most. Yeah, she can spend that five years. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, like, like yeah. that's fuck that so, man. I also have so I have a I have kind of an interesting uh, conversation starter here. Uh, these are this is a morality philosophical question. Okay. Uh, and it's a pretty classic one, and I want to hear your take on it. Is it ever okay to lie? As a as a parent, I'm going to say yes. But, I mean, obviously there's circumstances that would say no. Um, but, I mean, you lie to your kids about uh, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. Hopefully nobody's listening to this in front of their kids. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but definitely try not to. Uh, I like to go back to Jordan Peterson on that one. He says, "Don't lie." Uh, he's talking about him and his wife. He said, uh, "Don't lie and try, but try and try to be honest, or something similar to that." You know, or he said, uh, um, "I can't remember his exact words, but something along those lines." Even even if it's for the greater good, let's say okay, there's something that uh, happened, right? And you know for a fact that whatever happened, you know, you saw it, but you know that there's going to be a worse outcome if you tell if you tell the truth. Like, say, like someone, you know, you saw something happen, and uh, I don't know, like uh, a stranger you don't know. You saw them cheating on their significant other, right? You don't know them. You don't have any affiliation with them. Uh and something along the lines of if you told them there'd be some bit of catastrophic consequence to it that would make the world a worse place. Um, so I would say that it, it would be very self-serving to it's it, I mean it's always self-serving to lie. Um, sure. That so I, I'll, I'll go back to a story whenever I was a cop. Um, so we had this guy, he called, he said, hey, I was just robbed at knife point at this uh, storage facility. 
I went over there with a couple guys. Um, you know, they pulled out a knife, tried to tried to rob me. You know, whatever. I ran away. So okay. Um, take down a statement. You know, he says I, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. You know, I think it's this person. You know, we do a photo lineup. You know, we get his statement. Um, end up taking up taking up charges on the guy for robbery with a dangerous weapon. Um, we find out that the dude did not do it but this was after he was arrested so I call my supervisor I say hey look you know this, I, I just saw the video evidence dude did not do it under no circumstances did he have any opportunity um, to rob this guy with a, a knife nothing like that um, he said well who knows about this and I said, well, me, a couple other people, you know, the detective, you know, I've already, you know, notified, notified them. He said, okay, well, you know, it's after, after court close, you know, whenever you come in on Friday, I think this was a Tuesday. So whenever you come in Friday, um, go talk to the detective, you know, show him the evidence and, uh, we'll get the charge dropped. I said, well, I know he's innocent now. Like, I can't accept that. Like what are you talking about and he I, like I, I told him I can't accept that answer so he said I'll call you back and so I hung up the phone I was like shit I just I just told my supervisor no that's not a good situation um, so anyway it long story short um, we got his charge dropped you know the next morning um, which I still wasn't very okay with you know I think it should have been done immediately um, how so how in, in but, general so it was only like a night that it that he had charges on him uh, he was in. He was. He was in jail from Thursday to Tuesday because we were waiting on video evidence. You know, due to the circumstances and due to and, the guy. And how much? How much time? How much time constitutes being upset about losing that time in your life? Because what? What the hell could he have oh, done? after no, after no. he was found innocent, one second would it would have been something that he should have been upset about. Um, did, I love but, sure. did he did he end up going after you guys for that? No, 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 no. Because I mean, as soon as we found out about it, you know, we we started the the process of getting him out of jail. But not doing it right then was certainly self serving because it's like, well, nobody wants to really deal with it right now. Let's wait till we come back on shift. You know, we have fifteen minutes until we leave. No, it needs to be now. Because you're dealing with somebody's life here, like you have a responsibility greater than yourself, you know. That and that and that, that might, yeah, that might be an extreme situation. But you know, it, to to me, almost every time somebody lies, it's it's self-serving. You know? Or not, because the next morning he could get hit by a bus, and then then he spent the last five days of his life in prison. You know, I mean, that's that's where my mind goes, mostly because I I live in such a present that like. Every second itself is a blessing, and every second that someone takes away from you is is horrible. Because how how do you forgive something that can't technically be undone? You know, like because there's plenty of people that I'm sure have uh, committed horrible crimes, and how do you forgive what can't be undone? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people just try to justify it justify it within themselves and uh, try to do more good going forward um, I don't know about like heinous crimes but you know I don't know how people can live with themselves with that but you know yeah well I'm not talking about the person I'm talking about the, the victims of this you know the people say like for example like a murder you take away someone's life all of their family and friends around them now have to live without that person and that also brings me to a point of like, can one person forgive uh, for others? You know, because there's always going to be people that really hold on to it. And even if the criminal is, is guilty of it, like feels guilty about it, can that one person who gives him forgiveness really make up for the other people who still feel that resentment towards towards it? Or is it on the the uh, responsibility of the person who did it to find that within themselves to move past it. Because you can't control other people, the only thing you can do is make a good moral effort 
and, and that's with anything in life. You know, you you, you can only make a good moral effort um, with anything and move on. I mean, I'm not saying don't change yourself moving forward, but I mean, you can you can shove past somebody on accident in the grocery store, and they may never forgive you for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there's obviously levels to levels to that type of stuff, but. Yeah. Do you ever think about people who hold grudges uh, about you and the person that you are, and you still like you don't know about them? Like, there's probably people out there that we don't we don't even know hate us, but they hate us for no reason. Like, and they're not even it's not even for any reason, but it's just because like they just like don't like a certain personality we put out or something like that. And it may have just been from a passing experience, but to them, like some people, that's huge. Yeah, and the whole thing is like. You can't really think about that. You can't really hold hold that. If oh, you hold, if you hold, oh yeah, but I find it interesting <laughs> that there's people out there for everyone who resent them for no reason. You know, like I, I always think about that because we don't hear them talk. We don't hear what you know. Like we could have met someone once, and they could have like went back in the car and been like, "Yeah, I don't like that guy." Yeah, fuck that or guy. Like, I never want to see like, that guy again. <laughs> and next time I see you, hey, how's it going? Yeah, right. No, I, or you just never see them again, and they, you'll never even know about it. Oh yeah, well that that goes back to like humanity is immoral by nature, and it's because I, and that kind of goes back to the honesty thing. Like people freaking lie to you about the craziest things, you know. Everybody lies probably every day, you know, just about something stupid, you know. It and and back to that, like if you don't if you don't like somebody, just don't pretend. You know, to stop pretending that you like people. It, it doesn't really serve you. It doesn't serve the other person. No, but it also, it may serve someone's goals. And that's a problem, too. Yeah. Because, you know, we see it a lot in what we were talking about before about the music industry or any industry in general when you're trying to, you're trying to get a leg up. You know, you see people who can give that to you and their mind automatically goes towards what are my goals? How can I spin this situation to make it a good one for myself and then drop them later on? Yeah. Well, that's kind of the character of the government like we were talking about before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very self-serving. I mean, what do you... Uh, that's that's almost all it is. Like, even, even you know, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. Like, most of the time you see it coming from both sides. You know, how can I spin this to make it favorable to me in the future? Or in the short term, long term, uh, whatever. You know, even whenever uh, whenever there's uh, um, exceptions for Congress in, in some of these bills, it's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you're in that position. You're, you're in a, if you want to talk about like a privileged position in this world, like a politician is a fucking privileged position. You don't. You don't have to be there, and at any point, you can be removed from office. Like, there's, there's, there's ways you can do it. So, I don't. I don't fucking get how these people are so entitled and so, so self-serving. Like, so, so basically, that also goes back to the idea between big government versus small government. Because, like, there's no way that the big government. It's a lot harder to take people out than it is to put people in now. And that's where it becomes a problem to where the system is way too, way too far away for us to do anything. And that's why it should be more localized, you know, more, Absolutely. more smaller government. Right. So the, the process hasn't changed. It's changing people's minds has gotten harder. People are more stubborn today, it seems like, than they ever were before. And it's because they want to sit here and they want to hold on to the hope of somebody changing things for them in the future or making things better for them. But it's if, if they're not doing it right now, it's just not going to happen. Um, going back to what I was saying as well, you know, if you anytime you get power or authority in any way, you know, it should be humbling. You know, it should it should feel a little bit uncomfortable because that's that's normal. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel entitled to have power or authority or you know any sort of governance over top of people. Like that's that shouldn't be a an end goal. Like. It, it like I said, it sh it should feel uncomfortable, and you should you should feel honored to be in that position rather than um, rather than just expect to be there. But we don't well, we don't have it, a political it, system set up for. Well, it's also funny because like people like Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. <laughs> but he also said the worst argument against democracy 
is to have a conversation with the average voter. Say that again. The worst what? He said. He said the worst or the worst argument against doc, uh, democracy, though, is to have a conversation with the average voter. Yeah, and it's true because, like, yes, it's an imperfect way of, and we're not a democracy. But what I'm saying is that, like, having it's just the idea of having voters on a large scale. Yeah, is almost a bad idea in general because a lot of people just want to live their life and they don't want to concern themselves with doing research on this stuff and they shouldn't have to right i mean you you should you should on a basic level just want to live your own life but that's not the reality that you can live in you can't live in that little sphere of your own influence because you are going to be influenced by the stuff outside of your own house yeah you are and you shouldn't i mean people people shouldn't have to worry even about the election process you know and they shouldn't have to worry about that like you mean to tell me you sent a satellite into space and take took pictures of other galaxies and they those pictures got sent back to earth and you want to tell me you can send satellites up that will beam internet access throughout the entire world you want to tell me you can take your driver's license and scan it at the little vending machine at the uh, to get a lottery ticket without ever having to talk to somebody or prove anything besides your little <clears throat> your little ID scanner but we're using voting voting methods that are basically the same as like the early 90s like you we can't update that system just a little bit like and make it more secure like what are you talking about like then nothing about holding an I- identification is oppressive it's not racist nothing like well, again, and it goes back to uh, on a large scale, you know, it's hard to feel confidence in in a full form thing that's that big. That is that big when you go in and you're using a computer to, you know, like, I don't know about you. But we used a computer whenever we voted in the presidential election last time. You know, you go in, you click who you want and you press send. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think it's hard to understand on a scale that big how that all goes together you know it's hard for our minds to comprehend which obviously like i'm not qualified to sit here and say like oh i can understand the ins and outs of like all this electronic equipment sending information back and forth but also like in my own mind i'm like it's it's easy to see where someone would be like well i don't know if it's really worth me going to the voters booth and going and casting my ballot when there's 500,000 other people in my area that are doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it almost seems intentionally deceptive. Because, I mean, it, it 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 wouldn't be hard to allow everybody to track their own vote, you know? And, I mean, you, you can. I mean, you can you can go on go on the election website and, and check, but to check it to, for, for I, I I guess what was it like 187 people 187 million people voted in the last election cycle something like that like to get data from that many people and (laughs) push it out in a way that people could understand and believe that it doesn't seem that difficult but I mean it it, you know what I just thought about what uh the the how the FEC uh publicly mm-hmm. uh, keeps a database of everybody who contributes to every campaign and everything like that and i just thought about what if we just started like looking up celebrity names in <laughs> you know like because the the reality of it is that you could probably guess where a lot of their their donations went but i don't know man like that just sounds like an interesting uh interesting thing to think about yeah open open secrets i know that i know that they track politicians but i don't know I don't know the best way to track celebrity donations like that. Um, I know that it's kind of difficult to check somebody's voter record as well if you don't know. You have to have pretty key information on them, like their name, date of birth, um, address. No, no, you only you need don't? their name. You only That's need all you need? Name. You go on the Federal Election Commission website, and like I just found, you ever heard of the guy, uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, or whatever, however you say his name, he wrote the Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, thing? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. He, uh, so this guy, he has made donations of up to, looks like, this is Bergman for Congress. Who's Bergman? 
Fantastic question. What state? Let's look it up. Uh, so he's a he's a conservative. Okay, so he's U.S. Representative uh, Jack Bergman, uh, Michigan. Is that's what it looks like? Yeah, Michigan's first district. And so this guy, he's a he's a world famous author uh, mm -hmm. for the Rich Dad Poor Dad novel. You know, it's a huge economic book. Um, but from the state of Arizona, why is he why is he donating to a guy in Michigan? That's interesting. And this is twenty nine hundred dollars uh, to twenty nine hundred dollars uh, uh, donations on the 29th of twenty twenty one. So that is very interesting and it's interesting to look up which this is kind of crazy don't do this but you can look up people in your own life you know like, like <laughs> people that you know like yeah. uh let's say your name for example have you made donations before i don't no no i was gonna say i don't think uh, so but i i know i haven't damn it colby see this is this would have been perfect i've never made donations either so i can't really like <laughs> say my name would be on there but you're gonna find my ride in for freaking kanye west on there yeah right. <laughs> all of a sudden, I find out you're really liberal, and I'm like, I'm like, so yeah. this is all an act, you know? <laughs> how did Kanye West win a local, how, a local representative seat <laughs> by write-in? <laughs> and it's also funny to see because people don't know this information uh, about people, you know, uh, serving their own. A lot of people who donate don't know that it's public information. Almost you know? everything is public information. Like yeah, li you, li license plate it, it, data is technically public information. Not not a lot of people can access it, but that's the reason that police can go around and just type in somebody's tag for no reason is because it's technically public information. Whoa, whoa, hold up. So because it's considered public information, are people allowed to find that information somehow? Yeah, that would be very difficult. Because you would have to have the you would have to have access to the DMV's website data, which is not, which, understandably, is not that easy. I mean, you can't just look up a license plate and it, it'll tell you a bunch of information on somebody. But what I'm saying, if someone goes through the proper steps, can they like somehow figure that out? I don't think so. Um, I I mean, I've never tried it because I've never needed because it's kind of like it's kind of like phone numbers you know because phone numbers you can like you know all those websites whenever you look up like i look up whenever i get a phone number that i don't know i look it up on google to see if it's associated with like any business or anything like that right you know like to make sense but there's always those websites that say phone number look up reverse right yeah no i don't i don't think i don't think so because that, that no um i don't believe so I could be totally wrong. I mean, there could be some some sort of backdoor to it, and I. I but I just don't believe it has. I've never heard of that. But for the, for uh, also or for the for the license plate, license oh. plates. But I know that hotel room key cards. There's a lot of information stored on those as well. That's why there. That's why the the hotels can't charge you for not turning them in. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Oh, you didn't know about that. No, 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 yeah, no. Educate so, me on this. So the information that you use to check in and all the, info, the, the all the data that they put into the computer, like your name, address, you know, ho room number. Um, I don't know about credit card information, but it it stores all of that on your key card, which tells the key the door that it's you coming in. I am never getting, giving a key card back again. You don't ever have to turn them in because that information, they, they can't force you to turn it in because all of all of that information is on there. To the best of my knowledge, that's, that's, that's how yeah, it Yeah, no, I just looked it up. Yep. It says your name, home address, room number, check-in, and outdates, and credit card number are all on that card. Yeah. That's why they're, they're That's why they, they legally. I think that they. I think they can't legally charge you for the card because your information is stored on it. That is freaking crazy. I'm surprised that, you didn't know about that. A lot of people no. don't. Yeah. Well, I'm not a huge like. I'm not huge about saying like, oh, I, I hope people don't track me because in reality, like, I know that like most times you're being tracked whether you like mm -hmm. it or not. Like someone can find you. You know, the government if they like all these people that they get the tinfoil hats on and they're like. The government shouldn't be tracking me. I'm like, look, bro, it's right here. They've, oh, they've yeah. already got you if they wanted you. 
Yeah, they're gonna put computer chips in our brains. It's like, no, nah, they put a computer <laughs> chip. They put a computer computer chip in your phone, and now you won't put the son of a bitch down. <laughs> I'm also I'm also in the same you know I'm in the same boat of saying like honestly, I don't really like I'm. It's not like I'm communicating with Russian spies on my phone, you know. So how do we know that? Because we. Hmm. Okay, I guess that's what a Russian. <laughs> I, I guess that's what a Russian spy would say. That's but, exactly whatever. I've seen the Americans, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm going to get, like, an FBI tracker on my phone and be like, yeah, this guy's actually pretty boring. Like, he's really only went to the grocery store. Yeah, let's, and, let's just invite okay. let's invite the CIA guy to the uh, Zoom call. We'll, 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 get him on the, we'll get him on the podcast and answer some questions about ourselves. <laughs> Am I losing internet or are you losing internet? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not losing internet, I don't think. Are you? Is your connection spotty? You can. You can. Okay, I can hear you again now. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, but we're being tracked everywhere. Whether, whether or not. Hang, hang on a second. Hang on. Okay, we're good. Yeah, I mean, they, we're being tracked everywhere, and that goes back to the question of saying, like, whenever you you look something up, and there, can you still hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. That goes back to the question of when you look something up on Facebook or you look something up on, on Amazon and all of a sudden you see all these ads for it, or even you say it around your, your uh, Amazon device or even your iPhone. Uh, I've had it plenty of times where I say something and then I get all these ads for it, and I'm not sure how much I, I really agree with that or don't agree with that, mostly because it does make shopping more convenient for me. It just depends on how careful that how careful that site is with sharing it because if they're selling that information to other people like I want a damn profit off that like I gave you that information <laughs> you know like we're being tracked everywhere and all these inform all these sites use your information and profit off them and it's like and they profit a lot off of these because a lot of these sites are based in ads you know we uh, there was a study done at Princeton and it showed that two of the top sites each had 81,000 trackers Jesus Christ. And so most of the tracking was consolidated to a few of these giant companies, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and they were the only third-party trackers present on more than 10% of these sites. More than 10% of those sites that they were present on. And why? Because that's where they make their money. Yeah, Facebook's, Facebook's probably going to get fucked over as well because, and I'm not saying that as a negative thing, but because even the the like the medical patient portals, they got caught um, obtaining information about patients' diagnosis, prescriptions. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. medical patient portal. Yes. Tell me, tell me so more about that. A lot of a, a lot of these, a lot of the hospitals, a lot of whatever. Either you can go on their website and you can sign into your portal. Yeah, it's called a patient portal, so it'll tell you all your your prescriptions your um, uh, health information, med medical appointments, you know, things like that. Well, Facebook, the, um, um, the metadata, um, or the, the Google Metapixel, that's right. Metapixel was keep getting that information when people would either go through Facebook or even embedded in some of these patient portals where they would be sent the information of the patient so Facebook was getting medical information for people who were just signing in, and they were they so, were keeping it. So the investigation found that that there's a likelihood that my, I, I, my, and and Facebook said that they were they weren't keeping it. If they saw it, then they would delete it. However, it's still pretty fucked up to begin with. My my problem is is that that so especially with medical information, you know that to me. It seems all innocent and convenient until it is used in the wrong way, which is almost inevitable when you have a company that big with a bunch of employees who have access to all of this stuff. And it's the same reason why people had a problem with the, the uh, NSA uh, going through people's information and listening to phone calls and things like that, because there's always that one person who gets curious and who is going to misuse that information. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, most most of the political websites they only run off of the ads that you see. That's why you can't you can't open up a uh, ad for most of the, or a, an article for most of these websites without ads completely uh, swarming your screen. Um, which is is I mean that that feeds into like clickbait and really divided um, divided points of view I guess or divided political well, sides. That's also that's because, also moral a morality question in itself right there because you know if you're using things that are below moral value to accomplish what you what you think is a moral uh, moral victory uh, which is what a lot of political campaigns run on you know they want to have good morals and, and do right by people right and by using these the, this uh, scum stuff that makes you money is it a good thing because it has not a good outcome it's not because it, you're basically saying I will give you as much money as you can gain views so at that point you know substance really goes out the window and not not substances in entertainment substances in truth really goes out the window because if you say uh, if you made an article that says Joe Biden slapped Kamala Harris in the face on live TV people are gonna click on it because they're like what what the fuck just <laughs> happened but if you if you if, if that's not even true then you didn't really serve a purpose like you, you just you just tried to get yourself money but what what about auxiliary uh, effects of it? You know, if that if that money went towards, you know, like for example, you know, uh, whenever you don't do the clickbaity stuff, right? You end up here, and let's say you're pursuing something good, right? You're pursuing good outcomes, something doing good for the world. That clickbaity stuff gets you here, right? Mm -hmm. Or here. Yeah. When you didn't use it, you end up here. Yeah. Right, and this had a lot. Like this space in between right here was all the good outcomes that came from that. To fix, this, to fix all of it, you have automated ads here, personal ads here. So these people can opt out at any time. However, if you're if you're a good, credible source, the the person the personalized ads will match the automated ads because this is based on clickbait. This is based on substance. Maybe because I'm telling that, you that, and it would and it would fix the the political reporting as well. Because I'm not as a business, I wouldn't go to, you know, whatever, whatever news outlet, you know, name whatever. I don't care if Fox yeah. News, even CNN, doesn't even matter. Um, I'm not going to continue to advertise with you if you're full of shit. However, if you if you give if you give good content, if you give good knowledgeable uh, factual information, I will I, I'm I'm going to continue to do that because I know people are going to come for the truth. I think on a wide scale, you're giving humans a lot more uh, credit, <laughs> you know, than they than they should. Just because you know that's why what we talked about in our last video with these with these vlog people, you know, when they got videos that go boom 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 boom. You know they got stuff going on. It's it's constantly stimulating to the human mind, and it's mostly because a lot of people are trying to escape stuff, and they're trying to escape the boredom. Yep. And this is where they go to, and that's the exact reason why all these YouTubers are popular. Like Mr. Beast, you watch his videos, and he does good in his videos, and people like watching good, but they also like watching entertaining. That's just crazy stuff going on. Like I just watched his video where he was throwing a giant Mento into a giant Coke bottle. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean like the, the, it's interesting but he does a lot of good. Yeah. And the is good there... the, the good is just as stimulating as the bad is. It's just on right. different it's just on different wavelengths, you know. Right. It's the same. I was watching this morning a a, a video on the uh the Logan Paul uh, suicide force video. The thing he got canceled for back in 2018. Are you familiar with it? No. So this big YouTuber uh, Logan Paul, he uh he got canceled this is back in the beginning of cancel culture you know back in 2018 uh for he went to the suicide forest to do a uh, a vlog which is like this forest at the uh uh the bottom of mount mount fuji i think it's called mm -hmm. and basically this forest is known for people to go there about 100 people a year commit suicide in that forest he went in there and he's doing a vlog and they actually found a guy hanging from a tree there and instead of doing the right thing by cutting that from the video, he goes up to the body and is like filming the body, like 
like saying like, oh, hey guys, like mental health is serious, you know, like if you need anything, like reach out. But yet he turns the camera, oh, there's the body right there. Like sitting there, standing, talking around this body. And, you know, I think now I I think now he said that it was the wrong thing to do. But that that thing, I'm sure in his mind at the time was like, this is going to get me a lot of views. Mm -hmm. This is going to get a lot of people to know my name. Yep. And that's why you have so many videos at so many angles of these horrific incidents, you know, fights, you know, whatever. Um, In the last week, I think I've seen two different videos, probably three different videos where somebody got stabbed bad enough to completely bleed out on somebody's camera like cell phone camera it's like fuck man like at some point you had the opportunity to stop this situation or to make it better or to at least at least do something you know do do something but instead we feed on crazy shit yeah like the just this week howie mandel what the hell was that i didn't see that but i think no i didn't see the video because i'm not looking it up i don't want to see that what was it it for, was a prolapsed, prolapsed anus. So if you're not familiar with what that is, that's his anus was outside of his body. So it was him? It was No, it was his friend. And he, oh. and he which a lot of people don't know that that Howie Mandel is actually a pretty gory comedian. You know, like he's he's he has some it's like Bob Saget, you know, you see him on Full House and then you see him on uh, on his comedia his stand up comedy. But you see Bob Saget on or you see Howie Mandel on Deal or No Deal, and then you see his comedy, and it's like night and day, right? Uh-huh. But he posted a video, and he said, and it was a picture of it, and he said, hey, just wanted to uh, get your opinion on this or something like that. Is this related to COVID? Like, making a joke. <laughs> but, dude, that was a graphic picture. Like, I, I've seen it with, with it blurred out, so you can't see it. Just because I was curious about the video, I didn't want to see the actual video, but that was coming up on people's FYP as they were scrolling. <laughs> Oh, like, man. what would you do if you came across that video? You'd probably back up for a second and be like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I'd, I'd get my wife, hey, babe, take, take, take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those jump scare videos? Yeah. I think, honestly, that's a good place to end it off for this week. I think one conversation about a prolapsed anus is enough for me. I, you know, I'm I'm here for all the prolapse anus conversations, <laughs> and that is weird. Do not be there <laughs> for that conversation. So that officially, we're gonna put some edits in here and everything. And uh, lost you know, connection it, a couple times. It's all good. We're gonna figure out this internet stuff at some point. That was the episode two of the American Owned podcast. Thank you for joining us. We have merch available at AmericanOwnedApparel.com and AmericanOwnedApparel.com/slash. Ryan Joyce if you want to check out my specific merch but other than that check out my new song stream it live it learn it let's go people let's do it